Welcome to the Caravan Podcast, the venture of the Herbert and Jane Dwight Working Group on the Middle East and the Islamic World at the Hoover Institution. The Working Group publishes commentary on the Middle East and questions for U.S. foreign policy. You can read our work at www.hoover.org caravan. In addition, we explore various topics about the Middle East on our podcast, the Caravan Podcast, and new episodes appear about twice a month. So please follow us. I'm Cole Bunzel a fellow at the Hoover Institution and member of the Working Group. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Michael Duran, a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute and author of the recent Hoover essay, America is Obstructing Turkey's Geostrategic Destiny. And we'll be focusing primarily here on the issue of Turkey and U.S.-Turkish relations. Mike is an expert on Middle East security issues. He's been a professor of Near Eastern Studies at Princeton and an official in the George W. Bush White House, where he served as senior director in the National Security Council, in addition to positions at the Pentagon and State Department. And he's also the author of the book, Ike's Gamble, America's Rise to Dominance in the Middle East, which traces the development of U.S. policy toward the region under the Eisenhower administration. Mike, thank you for joining the podcast. How are you today? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Great. So let's get uh, to it. Turkey is a country you've been writing a lot about recently, including uh, in this essay, America is Obstructing Turkey's Geostrategic Destiny. And you write here that U.S.-Turkish relations are at a low point and that it's incumbent on the next administration, now the Biden administration, to improve the relationship, quote, to make the opening of a strategic dialogue with Ankara one of its top priorities. Uh, so perhaps you could begin by telling us a bit about your perspective on Turkey, why it is you believe the United States needs this strong relationship with Ankara, uh, which not everyone in Washington, of course, agrees with, um, and why it is the relationship has has soured to this point. Uh, thanks. Um, yeah, I, uh, I think that the U.S.-Turkish relationship is absolutely vital to the United States. And as you say, there are not a lot of people in Washington who are making that case. Um, in fact, uh, besides me, and um, I wouldn't even say a handful, I would say a couple of other people, um, the case isn't being made. And that's part of the reason why I started making it. I never, um, um, I never intended to play this role. Uh, but I, I noticed um, that the number of critics of Turkey has increased vastly. And some of the places where traditionally, you know, institutions and um, I'll say mainly institutions that have been uh, bastions of the Turkish Israeli, uh, Turkish uh, American understanding um, have kind of disappeared. And I'm I'm thinking primarily of the military. There used to you could always rely on the military in, during the Cold War um, and the years afterwards. To have a good sense of the geostrategic importance of uh, of Turkey, and against the background of the uh, war in Iraq, and then uh, and then the operations in Syria, uh, the military, particularly CENTCOM, I think, has really soured on on Turkey. I mean, to my knowledge, right now, there are no sort of ongoing military to military talks uh, uh, of a significant nature going on between the United States and Turkey. It's remarkable. That's striking. Why? Why? It's really striking. Why would that uh, deteriorate to that point? I mean, 
I mean, I know Turkey There's, was against the uh, the Iraq War and has been upset about our our policy in Syria, particularly the arming of the the YPG, the Syrian wing of the PKK. Um, but it seems to go deeper than that. Is it? Oh, uh, no, it goes it goes very deep, and and there are. There's, I think, um, blame enough to go around on on both sides. Uh, the thing that I focus on the most is is trying to suggest to Americans that we have some of the blame for this um, deterioration, and that we've done a number of things without realizing it that have alienated uh, and not just uh, President Erdogan, not not just the national security officials or AK party officials or national security officials, but uh, Turkish public opinion broadly, we, we have alienated it significantly without realizing it. I think that's one of the things that is really striking to me um, as somebody who talks to Americans and to Turks is how um, deaf the Americans are to the Turkish, to the Turkish concerns and how unaware of how their actions are playing po uh, popularly in Turkey as they as they unfold. So maybe we can get into some of these Turkish grievances against the United States, which Americans broadly don't probably understand or appreciate. What are those those grievances? There are two. There are th there are two that that stand out above all others. Um, one is the the perceived support by the United States for the Gulen movement in, 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 in Turkey. Uh, the uh, Gulen uh, is a Islamist cult leader, Turkish cult leader, who's sitting in Pennsylvania. The Turkish government and the Turkish public opinion holds him responsible for the, uh, for the coup, for the July coup attempt. Uh, and uh, they have called for him to be extradited. The United States does not extradite him. Um, a very broad segment of Turkish of the Turkish public believes that the United States supported the coup. Uh, and so, for example, just just to give to give you one little one little example of what of the kind of thing I'm talking about. Americans will argue, well, we didn't, but the Turkish perception is that they did. And, and the guy, the guy who is universally reviled in Turkey, by the way, not simply by Erdogan, this is a great example because, because the opposition to Erdogan also reviles Gulen. So the, because right. historically Erdogan, Erdogan was in an alliance domestically with Gulen for a number of years, and then they had a falling out. And, but before the falling out, Erdogan was using Gulen to go against his uh, his his opposition, and then they had a falling out. Now Erdogan is against Gulen, but so Erdogan's opposition hates Gulen, and Erdogan's supporters hate Gulen. There's nobody in Turkey who is more hated than Gulen, and and rightly so. I mean, the 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 um, the Gulen movement is. It, it sounds like something out of science fiction. And until you've met these guys and seen how they operate, you, you can't quite believe it. For, for example, I had, um, well, let me, let me, I'm sorry, I moved ahead. I'll go, we can go back to Gulen. Let me give you the other reason. Sure. 
the other so grievance. The, 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 other, the, other, the other grievance, the major grievance, is the United States is supporting the PKK. Um, this is, the, this is the, the Kurdish separatist movement that seeks to divide, uh, uh, that seeks to, to partition Turkey between a Kurdish state and, uh, and, and, and a Turkish state. It's a terrorist organization. It's designated as a terrorist organization by the United States, by every European ally of the United States. Uh, uh, and the United States is understood by the Turks, and I believe absolutely correctly. I would I would add that. But again, mm -hmm. let's just talk about let's just talk about perceptions. It is the United States is understood to be um, to be supporting the PKK. Why? Because the United States made an alliance when it went after the Islamic State in Syria with the YPG. The mm -hmm. YPG the YPG is the Syrian arm of the PKK. And the United States made a distinction uh, that is meaningful in its own mind, but not to any Turk, between the YPG and the and the PKK. And that relationship continues to exist down to today. So we we armed and trained and equipped the YPG. Um, and then we we used it to build up a, to to, to uh, because we didn't want to put American forces on the ground in Syria. Mm -hmm. um, and we, get, we, we we put under the YPG Arab militias, and we called this hybrid that we that we created, America created, the Syrian Democratic Forces. And then by 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 combining Kurdish YPG, which are PKK forces, with these Arab militias who are subordinate to the Kurdish elements. We then gave the PKK the ability to have a much greater geographic and demographic reach in Syria than it would have had without our support. If you follow, if you follow what I mean, there's right. if you're a, if you're a Kurdish organization in Syria, the Kurd there there are there are three major enclaves, maybe four if you depending on how you want to count it, of Kurdish enclaves in Syria, a Kurdish separatist group has limited ability to have influence beyond the beyond the areas of Kurdish demographic concentration. But if the United States, the greatest power on earth, comes in and 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 puts you at the top of a pyramid that has Arab militias in it as well, well then suddenly you can you can own a lot more territory, uh, which is what we did right on Turkey's border. And and so the Turks the, the Turks said, hey, that those Syrian democratic forces that you're that you're talking about. Um, they are, you know, the whole organization, the SDF is headed by a guy named Mazlum. That's a, that's an assumed name. Mazlum Abdi. Ma yeah. Mazlum Abdi. Mazlum, Mazlum is um, the Tur what the Turks call him, the adopted son of Abdullah Ojalan, Ojalan being the head of the PKK, the founder of the PKK. Um, is he actually the adopted son? I don't know, but there are pictures of him as a youth, you know, bathing in the in the in a lake with 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 Ojalan. He's been very close to Ojalan forever. So when you know Donald Trump, to give you two examples of how we enrage the Turks without even realizing we're, we're doing it. Donald mm -hmm. Trump during the tensions between the uh, the Turks and the um, and the YPG, he tweets that 
that he thinks that President Erdogan should sit down and negotiate with General Maslum, great guy. I don't know if, he, if Trump called him a great guy, but, you know, we, the United States would really like to broker those negotiations between you, President Erdogan, and Maslum. So without realizing what he's saying, I don't think Donald Trump that's, knew that's that. That's a bit like telling uh, Bibi Netanyahu he needs to sit down with the leader of Hamas, isn't it? Yeah, no, not yet. Yes, exactly. Not just he has to sit down, but the United States will help you broker that negotiation. <laughs> so so you're, yeah. the United States elevated in, in the eyes of the Turks correctly. We elevated, we elevated Muslim to being on a par with a NATO ally that has 83 million people. It's been our ally for, you know, for, uh, for, uh, uh, three quarters of a century. I, I, it, so it, it's it's crazy. Perhaps I can uh, just to sum up um, how outrageous this. Uh, can I, can, yeah. Sorry, can I go can ahead? I, can I just yeah, add one more? Just one more. The other one is during the during the election, this last presidential election. Uh, Joe Biden gave an interview with the New York Times um, uh, editorial board. I think it was. In in um, in August. December of 2019, he, he gave the interview. It, it it was it was it was part of a kind of television show that they that they do. It was the, the television show came out in January of uh, 2020. But there was an an excerpt from the interview about Turkey, which didn't make it into the program, and that mysteriously appeared on the web in August of 2020. Uh, and the Turks understand, and 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 I I have no reason to think they're wrong about this, that but the it was the Biden team that leaked this as part of their uh, part of their election campaign, and in it, Biden all but says that he 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 intends to topple Erdogan if he's made president. So here you have the Turks who believe many many of whom believe, and 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 it's not a crazy connection that they're making because because Abdullah Oj, uh, because uh, because uh, um, uh, Fatullah Gulen is sitting in Pennsylvania protected by the United States who won't extradite him and they believe that uh, they believe that Gulen carried out the coup uh, uh, the, the attempted the, the attempted coup and then you have Joe Biden saying if I become president you know I'm going to topple Erdogan. I mean doesn't he didn't use those exact words mm -hmm. but the meaning was just it was I'm going to work with the opposition to get rid of Erdogan. I can't remember the exact words he used. So uh, it, it, you, there's already a context in which the in which they're understanding these words. I don't think that Joe Biden understands what how those how those words were heard. In Turkey, and again, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about Erdogan. I'm not talking about his advisors or the AK Party. I'm talking about every nationalist Turk. So, from the perspective of the Turks, the United States is harboring a coup plotter. It's cooperating with its principal uh, terrorist adversary in northern Syria, uh, and it the new president seeks to unseat the Turkish president. Is that did I get that right? Yes, but but let's just add one more thing to that. It's it's not its principal adversary in Syria, its principal adversary per period, because the PKK works in Turkey to split mm -hmm. up Turkey. So I'm glad so there are there are lots of Turks who who believe that the United States is trying to bust it apart.
So um, maybe to push back a little on what you've been saying about Syria and the the YPG PKK, um, a lot of the um, apologists for for this policy would say, well, we didn't have any other partner to work with. We were we needed the SDF YPG, whatever you want to call it, to fight ISIS. The Turks weren't helping to fight ISIS. This is also a period during which the Turks were making a lot of outreach to the PKK. So all of this was in a context or began in a context of a kind of uh, softening of the Turkish position on the PKK. Um, and, and look, there was really no, no alternative. The Turks didn't prove willing to, to go after ISIS to the extent that, uh, that we were committed. What do, what do you say to all of, all of those sorts of arguments? Uh, yeah, I don't buy any of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, not, not in the least. Let me, uh, um, I can I can counter them in an, in a number of different ways. Um, let me just say one way I'd like to get to. Uh, I want to make sure that we don't, as we get down into the weeds here. Sure. One one of the one one of the reasons, but I, I I would like to actually answer some of those specific arguments. But one one of the reasons why uh, I have latched on to the Turkey question so uh, tenaciously. Uh, because it's, it's not, it's not making me lots of friends in Washington. Because yeah, it's a I've very, noticed. It's a, it's um, a very, it's a, it, it's a very unpopular uh, opinion and it's an unpopular opinion, uh, among people who normally tend to agree with me on things. The reason I've latched onto it is one, I think Turkey is incredibly important for the future of the United States in the Middle East. I mean, Turkey is the most powerful country in the Middle East. Uh, it is the most stable uh, uh, country in the uh, in the Muslim world. It is the most democratic country in the Muslim world. I mean, they they get hit all the time on on this question of authoritarianism and so forth. But but what, compared to what? I mean, th this is uh, uh, and and but just as a as a political geostrategic unit, the Middle East was ruled from Turkey from what is today Turkey for a thousand years. I mean, between the Byzantine Empire and the, and the Turkish Empire, I haven't added them up, it's probably even longer. Mm -hmm. uh, but, uh, uh, but for a very, very, very long time, there's a reason for that. Um, this, is a, this is an incredibly um, uh, powerful and important country that has a very strong sense of itself um, and, it, you know, it's not going to stop doing a lot of things it's doing because America gets angry, angry with it. This, this is, is just, the, uh, the geostrategic destiny aspect of what you're, you're yeah, saying. Yes. Right? I, I, yeah. I want to get to that. And I want to get to the uh, I, I'd like to get uh, to the to the arguments, the kind of thinking. There's a whole style of thinking about the Middle East mm -hmm. that has taken root since 9-11 that I think is fundamentally destructive of good strategy in the Middle East. It goes way beyond the Turkey question, but I think the Turkey question is the single greatest example of how not to put together a Middle East strategy. But in answer to your... Yeah, we'll get to that right after question. the uh, SDF <laughs> issue. The... Yeah. No, look. look. Because I've talked to a lot of people who are in the administration who recognize the, the problematic nature of, of this relationship, and but they... I mean, they routinely say, look, there was literally no other option. Yeah. No, it's not true. It's not true because, because uh, for, first of all, it happened in a certain context. Mm -hmm. 
and that context was Obama's alignment with Iran. And this is crucial for understanding what they did and why they did it, is that Obama, Obama gave instructions to his, uh, to his commanders, and the instructions were, I want to destroy ISIS. I don't want to put any American boots on the ground. And here's the important thing. I don't want to support the rebels in Syria who are fighting against Iran and Assad. And so the Obama aligned with Russia and Iran in Syria. He basically recognized Syria as a, um, as a Russian and Iranian sphere of influence. And so if you go back and you look, the, the, the nuclear deal, the, uh, the, the JCPOA. JCPOA was completed in July of 2015. And that led immediately to a Russian-Iranian military alliance on the ground in Syria. And, and the United States facilitated that alliance consciously, it didn't, but it never admitted it. But for example, starting in September, October of 2015, the Russians and the Iranians make a huge campaign against, um, uh, against Aleppo in northern Syria. The opposition in Aleppo was being supplied by Turkey because Aleppo is 40 miles from the Turkish border, for 40 miles. So the Turks, the, the Turks can be excused for thinking that they have interests in <laughs> what, what happens in Aleppo. They were 40, 40 miles from Aleppo. They were supplying the opposition to the Russians and the Iranians. And the Americans came in and said, close the entire border as part of the counter-ISIS fight. Well, closing the entire border means you're going to close off all of the support for the opposition to the Russians and the Iranians. Close the entire border. The United States made the justification in terms of the, the fight for ISIS, but part of the strategic rationale was to support the Russians and the Iranians. Another example of this was, you'll remember, you'll remember at that time, uh, at that exact moment, the Turks shot down a Russian fighter bomber, which was a fighter bomber that was, that was hitting Turkmen targets in, in Syria. So they're not, it wasn't fighting ISIS. Mm -hmm. It was fighting Tur Turkmen rebels right on the Turkish, right on the Turkish border. And I, and I, I stress that they were Turkmen because that means there's a, there's a, there's a, there's even a greater, uh, that already the Turkish public was exercised about the, the wholesale slaughter of civilians by the Russians and the Iranians in Syria. But these are also Turkmen, so they're ethnic, they're, they're ethnic compatriots of the Turks. So the feeling is even higher about that. And the, the Russians were hitting the Turkmen. The Turks shot down a Russian fighter jet in Turkish territory. And the United States defined it, the Obama administration defined it as a um, as a, a squabble between third parties that it had no stake in. You know, I hope, I, Mr. Erdogan, I hope you and Mr. Putin can get together and solve this little fracas. So not treating Erdogan as an ally. Whatsoever. Not treating er no, Yeah. Mean, meanwhile, Putin, Putin is doing everything, including putting forces on the ground to support his ally, Assad, whom, whom, the, whom the Turks wanted to topple. So what, what the United States did, the United States made a, uh, what Obama did, Obama made a calculation. I want Assad to stay in power. 
I want the Russians and the uh, I want the Russians and the Iranians to impose order. The Turks are getting in the way of this. I don't want to do anything to support the Turkish effort to 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 push back against the Russians and the Iranians. So the United States the United States put in a sense and US policy facilitated the the rise of the Russian Iranian alliance in 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 Syria putting Russian forces on Turkey's border, putting Russian forces on Israel's border. So this is the missing context, in your view, to the establishment of the relationship with the the YPG. Is that the white the white who where does where does the YPG come from? Do you know when the YPG was created? I know that it it didn't uh, exist under that name uh, until it, when it, like it was fifteen. It never it never existed. It was it was it it it, it, it was the PYD. It was a political. That's right. It, it was a it was a political um, uh, organization of Syrian Kurds that that but the 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 Syrian extension of the PKK. It's established in 2011 against the background of the of the civil war, because this is this is actually absolutely crucial for understanding what what uh, what the United States did and why it drives the Turks crazy. So. The, y, uh, the, the, the YPG is the result of Assad's recognition that he cannot hold on to the Kurdish regions and to, to, to the entire eastern region of Syria. The rebellion has started. He understands he's got to concentrate his forces in what the Syrians now call vital Syria. That's this string of cities that goes from Aleppo in the north down through uh, Homs and Hama and down to, down to Dera in the south. It's all along one straight line, you know, uh, mm -hmm. um, and and uh, and everything east of that, they realize that they are going to that they they're not going to be able to hold on to. So what does that mean when when Assad realizes that he can't hold on? Who's gonna who's gonna move into the vacuum if if he can't hold on? Well, there are two possibilities. There is the opposition to Assad. Can take hold of those of those areas, or Turkey, and 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 Turkey's proxies. He doesn't want either. A third option is to build up the Kurdish forces. He doesn't historically. Assad does not love the 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 PKK um, uh, uh, or Kurdish separatists, but he has always had historically the assad regime had a strategic relationship with the pkk which it's always used against turkey yeah i was because remembering i thought that they harbored uh, ojalan for a while under they did, under they, Hoffa's. They, they 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 har they harbored ojalan uh, they harbored ojalan and they 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 I, I i misspoke when i said he didn't have a strategic relationship with the pkk i meant from assad's point of view he doesn't love kurdish separatism okay but he's historically he's used the PKK against against Turkey, and in the current context, it's better to have to have the PKK run those areas because the PKK will not harbor opposition to Assad, and it's against Turkey. So it's a so it's it's the least worst option for him, and so he got together with the with the Iranians, mm -hmm. and with the uh, and with Talibani. You know, in Turkey, in in uh, in Iraq, you, the the Kurds are split between Barzani clan and the Talibani clan. Barzani is allied with Turkey. Talibani is allied with Iran, or aligned with maybe is a better word to use. 
So the Iranians, that's Qasem Soleimani, together with Talibani, got together with, uh, um, with the Assad, and they agreed to create the YPG. And they got together with them and the and the and and the uh, um, and the um, PKK, and they created the YPG in order to create Kurdish forces, seemingly separate from the PKK, that can hold territory against the Turks. And and then later, I add another, yeah, I just want to move so forward. But and then okay. later, the United States would cooperate with them in the fight against ISIS and. Not not would this is the attraction to the United States? If you're Obama. And you're you're Obama, and you want to kill, and you want to destroy ISIS, but you want to stay in good relations with Assad and the Iranians. Who do you turn to? I guess the PKK, the the white the YPG. Let me and, let me ask you, but, but Cole, let me ask you a question. If you got a you got a country that's been your ally for seventy years or seventy five years, depending on how many how you ever you want to uh, you want to um, define ally or when when the U.S. Turkish alliance begins. It's got 83 million people. Every nationalist Turk, every Turk is opposed to PKK. You're and you're building up a PKK statelet on its on its border. How long is that going to last? The Turkish, the Turkish. The, the, if you talk to if you talk to American officials at that time, I'm talking about mm -hmm. 2012, 2013, 2014. They say, "Oh, the Turks don't have the forces." The Turkish military is no good. It can't help us. They don't have. We, they say they can do it. They, they say they want to work with us. We say where are the forces? They don't have them. Look, look at what all of a sudden now Turkey is in. Turkey is in. Turkey is in uh, Libya. Turkey is in Azerbaijan. Turkey's in Syria. Turkey's in Iraq. Turkey's in Somalia. Like this is Turkey's a very significant power. So, just in terms of Geopolitics 101, you're going to go, you're going to build up a little terrorist organization, and in doing so, you're going to stick your thumb right in the right in the eye of Erdogan, and you're going to say, this is going to last. What this? You're building a structure that's going to last how long? Well, well wait a minute. I thought that it was supposed to be temporary, transactional, and what was the other word in there? Tactical. Tact temporary, tactical. Yeah. Now wait a second. Now you're arguing my side. Well, said, look, I wasn't. To be perfectly clear, I I am not the most sympathetic to this project. I'm just trying to uh, give you the counter arguments and let you respond. No, to no. Okay, okay, but 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 let's for the for the benefit of the listeners, what let's unpack that phrase. What is that? What is what 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 is that? The temporary, tactical, and, and transactional. What. That is that is a phrase that U.S. officials used when talking to the Turks, and the Turks said, "What are you doing? You're building up our worst enemy on our border." And we said, "No, it's just temporary, tactical, and transactional." Meanwhile, we're building a statelet, and the and the the people in the, the running the YPG PKK they intend to hold that territory forever. So we're building them up, and and, and we're saying, "No, it's just a temporary thing." Are we going to? Temporary, does that mean we're going to dismantle it? No, we're going to completely change the, the balance of power between Turkey and the PKK. And then we're going and, and, and meanwhile, we're going to tell the Turks it's temporary. But the weird thing is, I think the Americans believed the BS that they sold the Turks, the temporary tactical and transactional. They, they, it, it sounded good to them when they were saying it. Mm -hmm. And so they, 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 they convinced themselves that it was really a, a viable position. Okay, maybe we can uh, 
move on a little bit from the Syria PKK issue and get back to what you were talking about, about the a certain cast of mind about the Middle East that's taken hold in Washington. And maybe we can address that um, by 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 looking at the way that the U.S. strategic community, as you mentioned in this article, um, kind of doesn't necessarily like to look at Erdogan as an ally at all. And I've seen uh, people not just on the Democratic side of the aisle, but on the Republican side, your you know more natural allies uh, who have really um, no positive things to say whatsoever about Erdogan, who regard him as an Islamist, somebody with a revanchist neo-Ottoman ambitions about the Middle East, somebody who persecutes journalists and engages in press, press censorship, uh, harbors a lot of the uh, Muslim brothers uh, today. Um, what is it that, wh- what do you make of these arguments? Why do you think that there's so much uh, resistance to the idea that we need to have a, a solid relationship with Turkey? I think there is this thing that I said I wanted to talk about, which troubles me about the way Americans talk about the Middle East in general. Um, and, the, and and it, it's an American quality. It's not simply a Republican or Democratic one, but I think we see a particularly strong element of it in the Democratic Party. Uh, and that is, we don't talk about states when we talk about the region. We, 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 we set up all these false binaries, you know, Islamists, not Islamists, um, Saudis versus Iranians, moderates versus extremists. Um, we talk about uh, democracy movements versus authoritarians. We talk about the region in these ideological terms. Um, and we also, uh, we also got focused on small groups like Al-Qaeda and ISIS. The job of the United States is to build a lasting order that benefits the interests of the United States and its allies. Order comes from states. The first, the, the first question we should be asking is not, do we like authoritarians or, de- or Democrats, or do we like Islamists or not Islamists? Uh, uh, do we like Saudis or Iranians? We said the, the first thing is, what are the states that the United States can work with to make to create order? That's it's so simple. I mean, it's just it's just basic uh, uh, geopolitics 101 that any undergraduate should get. You know, the freshman year, and you the United States, especially now. Now, when the United the United States is so powerful, and we don't have we don't have um, any enemies near our borders. So we're not used to thinking about the pattern of power, about the alliance system. Mm-hmm. And there, there's, there's an alliance system in the Middle East, and it's made up of the, of, of the United States and its traditional allies, the most important of which are Israel, Turkey, and Saudi Arabia. Because, because the, the key is who has the power to project influence or, or, or military force beyond their borders. I mean, Jordan is part of the American alliance system. Fantastic country, Jordan. Fantastic. But Jordan, Jordan cannot, Jordan is not going to project power into Syria. As, so, as Fuad Ajami used to say, Jordan is a, is a country, is just a toll booth. 
no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that. I, I, I think that they get underappreciated actually for because they because they don't have certain qualities. But but they but projecting power beyond their borders is not one. Bahrain also wonderful country. Bahrain and I can speak to you about many great qualities that they that they have. But they're not going to be projecting power. So if the United States military is not going to be doing it itself, who's going to do it? Who's going to do it? Now, Obama had an answer to this question. I hate his answer. I think it is counter. I think it's horrible. Uh, but his answer was, we're going to create, we're going to create an equilibrium between America's traditional allies and Iran and Russia and Iran. And so he kind of saw the United States as the country that's the balance that you know is 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 holding the balance between these sides, and that's what we're that's what we're going to do. That's not going to work. The only answer is we're going to have Israel, Turkey, and Saudi Arabia. And Turkey is Turkey is incredibly important because it can really, unlike more than the Israelis, more than the Saudis, it can project power. So why would someone like Michael Rubin write that, this is from an essay a year ago, Turkey is not a pro-Western country and it is not an ally. Turkey is, by any objective definition, a state sponsor of terror and Erdogan remains a diehard opponent of the United States and the West. Well, Where does this come from? I, 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 you, I, I, I'm not a psychologist. <laughs> I, you can't, you, you can't, I, I, I cannot... I, I have no psychiatric degree. I can't begin to tell you what's going on in, in Michael Rubin's mind. I would say, to me, there's a there's a clearly an a, an anti-American alliance system, and that is the the system run by Iran, Iran, Syria, Iran's proxies, Hezbollah, the Houthis, uh, uh, the, the the militias they put together in Iraq. The goal of those, the goal of the Iranians, supported in large measure by the Russians, supported even uh, uh, one step removed also by the Chinese, the goal is to undermine the American order in the region. So the Turks are not trying to undermine the American order in the region. Historically, they've, they've, they've sheltered very comfortably under the American alliance system. There's going to be friction with the Turks. There's going to be fric like there's friction with the Saudis. There's no such thing as a friction-free U.S. alliance system. We, the job of the United States is to is to work with those powers to come up with a a picture of the region that they can live with and that we can live with, and then to be the shock absorber between them because you know there's there's tensions between the Turks and the Israelis. There's tension between the Saudis and the Turks. Mm -hmm. Our job is to be the our our job is to be the shock absorber. Our our job is to help put together a picture that we can all live with. None of us is going to be perfectly happy with the picture, but we can come up with a picture that we can all live with for sure. And if Michael Rubin thinks that the United States can contain Turkey and uh, and Iran simultaneously without putting American troops on the ground, he's crazy. He's totally crazy. Look at what, look at what happened. So you do with have Turkey. a diagnosis. <laughs> I wouldn't. Well, I, I, I think that it, it requires. It, it, it's, it's, it's just, it's so. These positions, first of all, are so tendentious. They, 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 they tweezer out 
specific aspects of Erdogan's behavior that they don't like. They build up a whole boogeyman on the basis of that. I'm not saying that, that everything that Erdogan does uh, is uh, attractive or or not problematic or not even you know not 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 even uh, counterproductive or um, harmful to the U.S. Turkish relationship. Uh, but uh, the question is not is is Erdogan the, is Erdogan the perfect ally that we want? The the question is what are the op the realistic options that we've got, and are we? Are, what are we doing? What, I, I would focus on all of those issues that are alienating the Turks, not Erdogan. They always want to talk about that. They, I mean, those who want to say Turkey's not an ally, they want to talk about Erdogan. I want to ask, how come I know I know tons of Turks who are transatlanticists who love the United States, who want to fight for the 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 Turkish American relationship in the Turkish context. And they tell me, they tell me, I can't do it. That it, it's they can't. It's not that they can't do it because because of Erdogan. They can't make the arguments because when the United States is harboring Gulen and building up the PKK, they don't have a leg to stand on. And uh, final question here because we're getting a little too going on a little long. Um, under the Biden administration so far, how would you uh, characterize the prospects for? Uh, a better relationship with with Turkey. And do you think that that's in the cards, or do the, the some of the personnel uh, under the administration, like Brett McGurk, who's seen as very close to the P, the PKK project in in Syria, to, does that uh, bode ill? I'm 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 very concerned. But Brett, Brett McGurk is the architect of the alliance between the United States and the PKK, and Brett McGurk does not admit it, just like Obama didn't. But Brett McGurk strongly believes in the reorientation toward Iran, which is what this is all about. Where now? I, I don't know. the The jury is out yet about how the how the um, Biden administration is going to handle Turkey. None of the early early signals are good. None of the early signals are good. But but I I, I, I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough to know that. Um, uh, to know that it's going to be really bad. I'm very concerned about the 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 return. It's Obama. It's the third term of the Obama administration with respect to Iran. I, uh, does that mean it's going to be the third term of the Obama administration with respect to Syria? I'm concerned in Iraq. But we're going to see. I think we're going to see a major Turkish incursion into Iraq very soon. That was in the cards. It got. It seems to have been in the cards. The Turks seem to have uh, called it off for the moment for domestic reasons. They're going to go in. A number of to, Turks were recently into, executed, to right? And That's right. And that there was a backlash in Turkey as a result, and they called off the. There's going to be a. The they there's going to be a series of incursions into Iraq. I think what the Turks are thinking they 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 know that the Biden administration, because of people like Brett McGurk, the Biden administration is very attached to the YPG. They can't go directly against the YPG. It's still under American protection. Uh, so what they're going to do is they're going to go in. They're, they're concerned about the growing strategic connection between Iran's proxies in Iraq and the um, and and the the YPG in in Syria. So what they're going to do is they're going to cut it off from the Iraqi side, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and and. Uh, 
that will that will end the American concern. You know, part of the reason that they're building up the YPG, the Americans are continuing to build up the YPG, is they see it as a way to uh, to block a complete um, Iranian takeover, the Iranian uh, corridor between Tehran and, and Beirut. Um, if the Turks go in, they can they can work through Barzani in Iraq, cut off the Iranian access into in, in, into Syria, and then uh, that will um, give them an argument to to argue to the Americans that you actually don't need to be there anymore, and w we'll take care of this part of the world. Thank you. All right, well, it will be very interesting to see how how things shake out. Mike, thank you very much for coming on this podcast. To the listeners, you can follow Mike on Twitter at, at Duranimated. Did I say that right? I think so. Oh, good. And and you can read his- I never, I, I, only, I only write it. I never read it. You can read his latest essay on our website, which is again, www.hoover.org slash caravan. And also please remember to follow the podcast and look out for our future episodes. On our next episode, Russell Berman will be speaking with Karen Elliott House, former managing editor of the Wall Street Journal and author of the book on Saudi Arabia, its people, past, religion, fault lines, and future, discussing U.S. policy towards Saudi Arabia and the role of human rights. This podcast has been a production of the Hoover Institution, where we advance ideas that define a free society. For more information about our work, and to hear more of our podcasts or see our video content, please visit hoover.org.